Hello there, and welcome to oh. App. <laughs> what happened? I totally just forgot about that. You, yeah, you do it. Go, go. No, I, I saw your stunned silence, so I just took over. Yeah, yeah, do it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to with the boys. I'm Spencer Chef, Spicy Flem, Spencer Fleming. And um, I was just reminiscing about in Spider-Man 3, when like Mary Jane is in that play. And she starts singing, you know, with the moon up above. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So they tell me. I can't recall who said it. I know I never read it. Okay, yeah, I've seen that movie that many times. Yeah. Spider-Man 3 is underrated. I don't even hate it, dude. Everyone else hates it. Screw them. I'm Carstervain. Spider-Man 3 is underrated. Welcome yes. to my TED Talk. Yes. But what we're really here to do, we're not going to be talking about Spider-Man 3. Because no. I do not think it won the Oscar for Best Picture that year. Uh, it would be awesome did would be really odd if it did must have been a dry year must, must have been um so what we're talking about is the best of the best the best movies to ever win best picture at the oscars yes these this is of course is our personal list so it doesn't actually mean that you know if you have other stuff you would have put on the list that's cool you know get your own podcast and then I won't watch it. No, okay, I'm joking. I'm joking. But yeah, it's just our personal, you know, favorites. So, and I'm gonna preface this with I'm an old, I'm an old man. You put a lot of old movies, huh? I did. I did. I put a lot of old movies. Dude, I I put a lot of well, I put older movies, but there's nothing that's like old, old, which I know is gonna be disappointing to some people. So well, go to lists for like the classy classics for the classics classics like how green was my valley citizen kane didn't win that year how green was my valley won and i'm not putting how green was my valley on my list because i've never seen it in solidarity i i'm not even gonna lie to you when you said how green is my valley i thought you're making some sort of innuendo <laughs> i was like dude i don't want to talk about how green your valley is it's disgusting no, I'm talking about the winner of the 1941 Oscar. Yeah. Or I guess the 1942 Oscar. No, see, but the fact that you're saying how green is my valley tells me that your list is actually good and mine is scum. No. So, no. That's fine. No, it, it, everyone's got to win. Someone's got to lose. I get it. Spencer, that is not how opinions work. But should we get into the show? Because I'm so excited. He's chomping at the bit. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Please ignore that. Oh, um, before we get into it, Spencer, would you like to explain the rules of how we do this? Yes. So, if you are unaware of how we do this, here's how it works. We go down. It's the top five list. So, we go down the list five to one. Right? Okay. So, number five... If I say my thing and Carson's number f- number five pick, sorry, if I say my number five pick and it's not on Carson's list at all, 
then he I, he says it's his link. Like it's it's not even on his list, and it's trash. And if it's on his list, but it's at like number four, three, two, or one, then he says check, and it means we'll talk about that movie when it's on his list at a later point in time. And that's pretty much how we do it here. Um, so yeah, should we? Should we? Schluck right into it. Let's get into it. You're doing the. No, I was doing the Matthew McConaughey thing. Yeah, okay, you know that. I'm doing the Matthew McConaughey thing. What Matthew McConaughey thing? Where him and Wolf of Wall Street were, it's like. Oh! Oh, I literally forgot about that. What were you doing? The friggin' thing from the Bobby McFerrin thing from that Pixar short knickknack. The one that starts it like the one with the snowman, and he's like, "You remember it? There's a snowman in a snow globe." Okay, this tells you exactly how our lists are going to be. He's going to say something that makes sense. And I'm going to be like freaking Bobby McFerrin, knickknack, because that's the type of guy I am. Let's get into this list, man. I'm excited. If you tell anyone about what just happened off of camera, I will deny it. Okay, good. Um, should we record this one? We should record this one, visually and audibly. Visually and audibly. Audible. Audible.com. Before we we start, I just wanted to say, give a quick plug. Um, Check out our Instagram. Check out our Facebook, Babbling with the Boys. Boys is spelled with a Z. Also, check out our YouTube channel, where we do highlight reels of every episode. And it's only like 15 minutes long each, tops. So you can do it. You can get the gist of the episode quicker and you can see us talking. And uh, yeah, so go check us out on YouTube, Babbling with the Boys. Boys spelled with a Z. Now, what were we we doing? Yeah. Well, one of the videos might be 20 minutes, but I apologize. Really? Oh, yes. This is true. I apologize for that. Um, Also, by the time you're seeing this, we'll probably have a drinking game video. And that's funny. So, yeah. All right. I'm going to flip this coin here. Well, it's actually not a coin. It's a D2 because I'm a nerd. Okay. What do I have to pick? One or two. One or Kraken? Kraken. Kraken. Always Kraken. Um, yeah, I got these from Kraken.com. <laughs> if you go there and type in the code um, 5438. Ah! <laughs> 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 so you'll get a special promo. Yeah, um, obviously we're joking. Please don't do that, and please don't sue us. But you know, Kraken, if you wanna, if you wanna sponsor us, they got good dice. I just landed on my computer. Sorry for the noise, but it's a, it's a, it's a Kraken. So I'm first. You are first. American Beauty. <laughs> That's just a link. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. I told you. It's not going to be on your list. Um, but I really like this movie. Uh, yeah, let me just get the elephant. 
in a little matter of way. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> Kevin Spacey in this movie is playing someone who's attracted to someone who's like in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the prophecies of film. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Kevin Spacey obviously did some bad things. I'm not condoning the things he's been accused of doing. I'm not. But this movie, on the other hand, is good. So let's get into it. It is directed by Sam Mendes. Of, of 1917. Yes. Actually. Not like he was conceived mm. in 1917. He just... No, no, no. He's not like 150 or something. He would be 103. Uh, yeah, that. <laughs> And if he was conceived in 1917, he'd be 102. Whatever. Okay, no. <laughs> we don't do math in film school. That's actually why I'm in film school. Um, so, I can avoid a majority of calculus. I, I, I did it in high school, and I'm never going back. Stop okay. stalling and defend yourself, sir. So, Lester... We had Blusters, our main character. And it's the same, he's kind of going through like a midlife crisis. His wife won't sleep with him anymore. He's kind of like sick of his job. And so he uh, quits his job, extorts his boss, and starts living life the way he wants to live it, while also kind of pursuing a high school student um, who's friends with his daughter. So that's kind of scummy. But the whole thing is kind of like a dark comedy, I guess. And it's it's... Yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Don't give me that look. It's hilarious. That dinner table scene is hilarious. When he's like past the asparagus and he just throws it in the wall. Yeah. That is pretty good. <laughs> this touches a lot of like sensitive ground. Oh, it's very taboo. Like a lot, pretty much everything in it, you know. But, um,. It's it's totes this like weird line of like we both hate Lester and we also kind of understand some of the things he does, but then we also hate other stuff that he does. Um and then there's also just like awkward I, I like it because there's a lot of like awkward humor in it that I find funny. I don't know if it's supposed to it's like punch drunk love type humor where it's like I don't know if I'm supposed to be laughing or crying, right? I don't know. <laughs> it's but, like, I, there's, like, uh, actually, I don't know. if It's not really family-friendly, one of the things I was going to talk about. What was it, it going to be? The choking the bishop thing. Choking the bishop? His wife won't have sex with him, and he's, like, in his bed just just going at himself. And she's yeah. like, Lester, are you with him? He's like, yeah, so what? And then, yeah, essentially, this dude just stops caring, and then he like takes a job that he had um, when he was like in high school at like a fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and his wife's having an affair, and it's literally just like about like a midlife crisis, but it's almost liberating for him, I guess. And then he does the right thing at the end. Um, he decides that like being a father is more important. Well, than... he doesn't doesn't really get the opportunity to do the right thing. Well, he doesn't sleep with the girl. Well, he thinks about doing the right thing. And then he <clears> just doesn't get the opportunity to. 
Well, I don't want to spoil that because it's like a big thing but, that happens. Yeah. This movie touches a lot of sensitive ground. Yeah. It's kind of like... What's his name? My, Michael Rooker? No, it's not Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker's... Mary Poppins, y'all. This is... <clears throat> Mary Poppins, this y'all. Is, oh, Cooper. Cooper... What's his first name? Something Cooper. But the dad of the neighbor. Yes. Yes. The guy who's like really overly homophobic the whole movie and then it turns out I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. Yeah, that kind and of that, that's kind of like another sensitive thing, but that's but that's another scene where it's like I don't know if this is like funny or not funny. Like I don't know. The the thing about it is that I think the director the director's intent is is good. Like it's not like the director's intent of what he wants us to think is is morally sound is good. Well, it's that's the thing. It's because it's not promoting like any of the things that people do that are wrong in it. He's just simply presenting it and showing like the progression to a character arc. Yeah. Um. So it's not like he's like we should all do these things. It's more like a a kind of a look at yeah. it. But even so. I, I, multiple parts of the movie. It's kind of, it's a little bit uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, well, it, yeah, that's an understatement yeah, that's of the year. Yeah. The year. Uh, a little uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, I, I'll say, I'll friggin' say. Yeah. Um, um, but what I'd say is I, Sam Mendes did a good job directing it. That's <clears> what I'll say. <laughs> Sam Mendes did a good job. Okay, it reminds me of this movie that I don't know if you've ever seen before. Um, but I think you should check it out. It's very disturbing though, but not in like a disturbing scary way. Mm-hmm. It's like a disturbing socially way. It's very, but it's called Happiness. Oh, I've heard of Happiness. Yeah, and it's with like Philip Seymour Hoffman and Dr. Connors from Spider-Man 2 and 3. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, I watched that, and it's very good, and it's very messed up, but it's very good, and it's like totes this line of like, "Whoa, wow!" It talking about happiness reminds me of a different film called Palindrome. See, I haven't seen it. Never watch Palindrome. What's it about? Thirteen-year-old girl gets pregnant. Uh-oh. And she goes on the run. Oh, boy. But the weirdest part is she's played by multiple different actors throughout the film. Oh, wait, I've heard of this before. And not all of them are 13-year-old girls. Not all of the actors that play her are 13 Please tell me Willem Dafoe <laughs> plays like a 13-year-old girl. No, it's not anybody of, of note. It's very... Okay. Yeah. Um... Um, can we get to my top five, my number five, or do you have more to say? It's fine. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Viewer beware, you're in for a scare, because it's kind of messed up. Go watch um, American Beauty if you feel inclined. 
your turn, which is probably going to be a lot less controversial. So let's let's go. Yeah, I think it might be a little bit less controversial. Um, sorry if that made you uncomfortable, Spencer, but it is like a, it's an interesting film to look through with twenty twenty eyes, you know. Yeah. It won Best Picture. It won so you Best know Picture. As far as I'm concerned, it's fair. So there you go. My number five was, um, so to speak, a boxing match between two movies. Both boxing movies. Oh, I know what you're going to say now. Yep. Which one won? Oh! And the one that won was Rocky. Do-do-do. Yeah. Do do do. What? Check. Check. Oh. Check. We'll talk about we'll talk it. About. Sounds good. The other one that was. Okay. If you don't remember, check is like it's on my list, but at a different number. So we'll talk it, about if it. If this is um, this might also be on your list, but this is like the one that was fighting with was Million Dollar Baby. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. Cause that was I. It it fought with Rocky for me too. I wasn't sure, and then I. Uh, we'll talk about when we we'll get talk to about Rocky. when we get to Rocky. But Million Dollar Baby, if you haven't seen that, that was my number six. Go watch that. Yeah, no, also very. Clint Eastwood does yeah. a great job. Clint Uh Hillary Swank is it? <clears throat> yes, ma'am. She does amazing as well. But let's get to number four. I'm gonna record this one too because I don't wanna. I don't wanna have the video be of American Beauty. <laughs> Why? Let me have it. Why? It's okay to like American. Beauty. No, it's okay to like it, but I just don't <laughs> want that conversation being the highlights of. Oh, it's a highlight, all right. It's a freaking. <laughs> okay, my number four because. We skipped through number five because it's it's later. Um, is okay. You're gonna hate me for this too, but I'm sorry. I like the movie. Leave me alone. Yeah. Okay. Um. So my number four is the the departed. This is oink. The I I think the hype was too much. Like I went into it and I was like, this is the one that won Martin his Oscar. Like it better be good. And I'm like, eh. I freaking well, okay. Respectfully, I disagree. But maybe it's because I saw this when I was like ten, and I freaking I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I I've literally probably seen it like two hundred times. Two hundred times? When, you know me? It's always on AMC or something. And then anytime it's on, me and my dad will watch it anytime. I'll watch. I will stop what I'm doing. I'll watch it again. The Departed's on. Yeah. All the things I've seen, but my head never shakes. Okay, no, I could, I could go on forever with just like quotes from this movie, but I'm not going to because I care about your sanity and your ears. So, The Departed um, came out in 2006. Obviously, it's directed by Martin Scorsese, as Carson pointed out before. The movie that won Marty's Oscar. Yeah. And it's about an undercover cop getting into, like, the crime world and a rat from the crime world schmoozing his way into, like, the cop world. So they're informants for, like, the two worlds. Mm-hmm. 
and they're simultaneously looking for each other, um, but they don't know who each other are. And it's like Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio, and friggin' uh, <laughs> Jack Nicholson plays uh, the big the big crime boss. Uh, was it Frank Frank Costello? Frank Costello, yeah, yeah. I smell a rat gnawing. Yes, um, my favorite is, huh? She felt funny. <laughs> yes. Like, oh my gosh, we're going here. He asked him what hand he jerked off with before he cut it off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No. No. He's despicable, and I love, I love every second of it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. No, I saw that. I literally. This is like, it's so weird to say that Departed is one of my childhood favorites, but it is. Um, and I've seen it so many times, and. It's like the first time you see it, it's really like, you, you, you don't know. Like, you're like, oh, there is things that happen that I won't spoil because they're like things that you probably wouldn't have seen coming that happened in this movie that threw me off balance. Like, I was like, what, what? <laughs> what? Here's another thing. I also had it spoiled for me before I watched it. Oh, that probably took out some of the fun then. Because, mm-hmm. like, admittedly, if you didn't know what happens, was going to happen, you would have been surprised, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been very surprised. But yeah. that was my first time watching it. So maybe if I give it a rewatch, I'll like it. Because I did maybe. another thing a rewatch. I really liked it. What? You'll see. Oh, it's okay. Oh. Oh! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh, oh! Oh! Oh, yeah. The moment of realization. Um,. But yeah, the, literally the, that scene where What's-His-Face gets like thrown off the roof. Yeah. Which I won't spoil because someone gets thrown off the roof, but you'll never know who unless you watch the movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that was a pretty big player. I, are we allowed to do that? And then like, blap. And I was like, whoa, are we allowed to do that? And then blap. And I was like, whoa, are we allowed? Okay. This allowed? They, the, last, the last shot with, like, the rat going across the banister. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Who were you... Okay, let me... Were you on Team Leo or Team Damon? I don't even remember. <laughs> I kind of like Damon. I kind of like Leo. Like, it was just... Oh, you middle. Thing. But let me... T- run down the cast... Uh, Leo, Damon, Nicholson, Mark Wahlberg, um, the lady that was in uh, Bates Motel, Vera Farmiga, I think. Oh, Vera Farmiga? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Martin Sheen, Alec Baldwin. And that, like, rough Italian, rough Italian, rough Irish dude that, like, slams the hand down. What's his name again? Ray... Ray Winston? Ray Winston? I don't know. Something like that. Anthony Anderson. There's so there's so many big players in this movie. This is a star studded cast. Professor Professorson from Community. Professor- isn't it? Yeah, there you go. Uh, Kevin Corrigan, I think. Wow. Um Are you looking on the cast? Or are you just No. Like- I'm trying what? to remember. You can remember this from memory? Wow. 
I'm just oh, yeah. I've seen it like 200 times, dude. I've seen that credit screen probably more time than I've kissed my wife. You okay? don't like, have I... a wife, Spencer. What was that? You don't have a wife, Spencer. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting. Yeah, there you go. But I am looking. So, no, I'm just... <laughs> Just hit us up at Babbling with the Boys on Instagram and no. Um although, but no. Uh yeah, so big cast. Big. Big director. Mm-hmm. And I freaking love this movie. Pieces. I love it. I've seen it so many times. Have you seen the original? There's an original? Yeah, there, it's a remake of a of a Chinese film. Uh, oh no! I knew this. Oh, what's the name of it? Oh, what's the name of it? Is it Chinese or Japanese? Oh my gosh! Hey, okay. Tell you what, you talk while I type, and I'll look it up. Yeah, you talk. Um, it's well, I know the name of it. It's Infernal Affairs. If you, if that's what you're typing up, it's called Infernal Affairs. Um, okay. I watched it on Netflix a little bit ago. It's a lot shorter, <laughs> so it has that going for it. But um, yeah, it's a really good movie. Uh, I really liked Infernal Affairs. I might have actually liked it initial watch. I might have liked it better than The Departed. But that's kind of the thing that goes back and forth. There's some critics that say that um, Infernal Affairs is actually better than Departed. And there's some people that say, no, Departed is way better. But I'm going to have to go back and watch it. There's a lot of Martin Scorsese films that I do appreciate more on the second time watching. Like, I don't think I liked Goodfellas as much as I did the first time as I did the second time. I'm not sure if I liked Taxi Driver as much as I did on the same time. Or when we did it for the show. That was fabulous watching it. Yep. Yeah, um, I, what you said about Taxi Driver, the first time I watched that, I didn't get it. And then the second time when we did it for uh, the podcast, I, it kind of hit me a little different. Um, so sometimes you do need to rewatch something. But yeah. Infernal Affairs came out 2002, and it's, uh, it's I believe it's Hong Kong cinema. Sick. So, and it's directed by Andrew Lau and Alan Mack. Nice. He's, excuse the mispronunciation, I'm stupid. Yeah, but um, I'll tell you one thing, buddy. I'm going to rewatch The Departed. Please. Lost my leg, turn on the dock sand. I lost my leg. Um, that's Dropkick Murphys. That's you said that like, and that concludes today's masterclass. Um, yes. So that's by the dropkick Murphys. Um anyway, should I get to mine number four? Yes, please do. Might be another punt. Or <laughs> punt. Might be another check. Yes. I watch a show where they do a punt. But anyway. Nineteen ninety ones. It's the zoink. That was that zoink. That was at my number six, yeah. Oh, here we go. Almost made it on. It almost made it on. But damn, this movie's so freaking good. I love Sons of the Lambs. Directed by um, Jonathan Demme. Came out in 1991. And 
it's one of the few movies to like get like the top five Oscars. Like yeah. best actor, best actress, um, picture. I think Jonathan Demi also got director. Um, yes, he. Hmm. I said yes. Yes, he did. There you go. Um. I have not seen any other Jonathan Demi films. I haven't seen Philadelphia, which I want to watch. With dude, I haven't seen that either, and I've been so scared to say that out loud. Yeah, with Tom Hanks and. Denzel. Has it been spoiled for you? Because it's I know everything that happens. In it. Well, I know a good chunk of what happens, but it's not completely yeah. spoiled for me yet. But um Sounds of the Lions, if you don't know, is about um Clarice Starling, played by um Jodie Foster. Yes. You seemed like you really wanted to say something. What were you gonna say? Uh no, I just Clarice. Clarice. Darling. Um and they're hunting down this killer, Buffalo Bill, um, yeah. who, like, kills and, like, skin, like, takes the skin of women to make, like, a woman suit for himself. As we all do. As we all do. Um, and, yeah, Clarice and, like, the FBI department go to um, the insanely intelligent um psychologist 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 dr hannibal lecter the Mm -hmm. iconic dr hannibal lecter for aid in finding buffalo bill yes see if he knew him in like any of the the um cannibal cocktail parties um and it just goes from there and it's a wonderful film. Anthony Hopkins gives one of the best performances ever. Yeah. He barely blinks when he's on screen. You, it's very scary. Captivated. Um, and it's very, it's just so well done. It is. It um, feels like a horror movie. It does. But at the same time, it doesn't. Like, it's this interesting, um, kind of feels like Law and Order, the movie. Like, it feels like this true crime, like, <laughs> grit, grayness. Um, but it has this kind of, like, um, this kind of dread that continues throughout the whole film. And it's just seeped in this, like, dread. So it's hard to watch. It's not like oh, this is a fun movie to watch, made for some people, made for Spencer. But, like, I'm... when you watch it, like, it really captivates you and it really brings you into this world that you want to turn away from every second, but you don't because it's so, so, so interesting. And this kind of spawned, like, a whole thing of where it was, like, the... um, It was kind of like the Jaws, but for serial killers. You know what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, it like spawned a, a boom spawned a, of these types. Spawned yeah. a boom of that type of movies, but like... Even a couple of sequels that were pretty hilarious. Um, yeah. 0.000% of people get killed by sharks, and I think like a little tiny percentage more than that get killed by serial killers. But... It made everybody fearful. 
it and it spawned all these different movies and all these different series um yeah that truly was like we're gonna show you the gruesome gruesome nature of crime it showed it showed two one it has the best escape i've ever seen in a movie ever um and two and two it has one of the grossest things i've ever seen in a movie ever which literally yeah that was gross um, oh my gosh dude that was gross but uh and the escape that was freaking beautiful that escape was hilarious like literally if you haven't seen the movie before and you're just like going into it you're like what? huh and then about like eventually you start putting it together and you're like oh sh-. and when he just peels that off you're like oh um it's one of the greats and definitely deserves to be there. It's weird how it kind of makes you feel for Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but this is the thing. There's characters that you follow, but you're not supposed to like actually follow in their footsteps. You're not supposed to be like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I also feel like I just want to point this out. I feel like, uh, you know, Anthony Hopkins gets a lot of the praise, but I think, dude, Jodie Foster held her own in this. Jodie Foster held her own because it's very hard to like act opposite of that and not get outshined, and I think she held her own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will speak to the controversy of it controversy of this movie of the representation of Buffalo Bill as being like a, it, it seemed like it was painting a bad picture of the transgender community when yeah. th- this is not a transgender person this is a maybe, maybe he's a transgender person but really a serial killer first and foremost Someone in the movie said transsexual. Um, I I think, but it's been a while since I've seen it. But yeah, so yeah, I mean, you could say it's painting a negative light, but I don't necessarily see it as it's like saying all, no, everybody's like this. It's more of like a, this is a serial killer who's killing people. Um, and they, oh, how he does this is gross too. He like takes girls that are kind of chubby and then he starves them so their skin gets loose and then he can like cut off. The, it's really gross. Yeah. But and I, put the lotion in the basket. There you go. I want to give praise to Jonathan Demi because he saw the controversy of the movie. He yeah. said it at the Oscars, and you know what was the next movie he made? Philadelphia. The Philadelphia, which yeah. is about the LGBTQ community and about showing, like, giving awareness to the AIDS epi- epidemic. No, yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I actually think that's really big of him. Like, he kind of realized that what he did may have upset people. Mm-hmm. And he used that to, like, try and improve. Yeah. For his night. Like, that's that's good. Good on you. Yeah, dude. I want to give praise to Jonathan Demi. Directors out there, be like Jonathan Demi. Um, <laughs> even though we haven't seen Philadelphia. <laughs> even though we haven't seen Philadelphia. <laughs> it was the right move, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, sorry, there's a bunch of noises coming from my side, but 
I think that's it. Let's go. Are you ready for number three? Sure. Bet your sweet bottom I am. That's, that's for sure. Right, Spenny. Hit us with your number three. Oh, well, you're going to love it because it's Rocky. Can I, can, by the way, the Rocky theme song, the actual like theme, going to fly now? Not my favorite piece of music from the Rocky franchise. It's the one, it's the song that plays at the beginning of Rocky 2 during like the credits when the ambulance is going to the hospital. And it's like the piano's like dun 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 I have something to confess. What? I've seen Rocky. No! And I've seen both Creeds. No! And No! I don't want to hear it. And that's it. I don't want to hear it. I've only seen... I'm sorry, ma'am. I know you're upset. I've only seen three Rocky movies, and two of them are Creed. I knew something was wrong with you. Still my number five, though. No. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> You've gone your whole life without seeing Rocky 2? You've gone your whole life without seeing friggin' Mr. T, dude? You, you, you haven't seen Mr. T? You haven't seen Clubber Lang? Nope. Uh, hey, bad boy. You haven't seen friggin' I must break you. Yeah, no. Yeah. Happy birthday, Polly. You haven't seen? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh... You haven't? <gasps> you haven't seen that that black dude who's like, throw the damn towel. You haven't seen the throw the damn towel guy. No. Throw the goddamn towel, dude. I've never been more disappointed. It's a big blind spot on my on my movie watching. I own Rocky One. Dude, it's a friggin' blind hole. There's more blind than there is eye. Talk about Rocky. The first one, specifically. Why is it your number three? Sorry, I'm just admiring the fact that you you did this to me on the air. Uh, Yeah, no, it's my number three. Because um, it's a freaking classic. And, you know, as the movies went on, they kind of got bigger and louder. Mm-hmm. Because, but I guess you wouldn't know that. You freaking... Creed subdued it a bit, but they got pretty ridiculous by the fourth one. Yeah. Um, but the first one was like an actual, just like a movie about a guy. Like, most of the movie isn't actually about boxing. Like, most of the movie, you're just kind of walking around with this guy. You aren't really. You're really just walking around with this dude. I like the fact that he's not, like, perfect. Like, he's, like, an enforcer. He's a... Like... But he's a bad enforcer, too, because he's, like, nice. Yeah. He's, like, a nice enforcer. 
Um, came out in 1976. Good year. Uh, it's directed by John G. Avildinson. I don't. I don't care. I don't care about you, John G. What? Oh my. What I really care about is Sylvester Stallone, the man with the dream that wrote this script, went to studios and was like, "Can I? Can you please make this movie?" And they were like, "Well, we're not going to have you starring in it." He's like, "Well." The only way we're going to do is if I'm starring in it. Because, like, I've not had a life. I've been starring in softcore porn. I need something. I need. Which, by I... the way, I looked up and saw The Italian Stallion. Honestly, not bad. Anyways, yeah. Um, and then the first couple days on set, you know what happened? What? All the producers were there. And you were like, you know what? You star in it. We'll see how you are. And we don't like you. We'll get somebody else. He was acting, knowing that people were watching there, being like, wanting to fire him. He was acting for his career. Literally. He was acting for, he was acting for his life, Spencer. And this man <laughs> did it, and he won the best picture Oscar. This is why this is all about. It's a great movie. Literally, he himself is an underdog. The fact that he wrote and got this movie made. Life imitates art. And boy, howdy did it do in 1976 with with Mr. Stallone. Bless your heart. Yes. Also, there's like the controversy that it's based off a real boxer's life. What's his name again? Just Chuck. Okay, talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up because right. there's there's a thing. Um, there's a thing here. What I really like about um Rocky is Rocky is such a Rocky Balboa the character is such like a kind hearted uh Italian sound with his with his um with this boy's cuff and link. With this boy's cuff and link uh and Adrian down at the at the pet shop. And their relationship is beautiful, and how it blossoms, and how they um, learn to—they're kind of like lost souls, and they find each other, and they fall in love. And it's really—you don't see romances like this nowadays. It's usually just like two. <laughs> they don't make them like this anymore. No, it's usually just like two perfect people who like are flawless, and then they're like. Oh, but like, there's stuff going wrong, and then they like. This is literally, Adrian feels like an actual shy person. Yes, like it's believable that she's. It's not like a movie shy person. It feels like an actual person. Yeah, it's not one of those things where like the actress is Zendaya, and you're supposed to buy that she's like this awkward, quirky girl in high school, and you're like, come on. Yeah, like get over. Come on now, we all know. (laughs) And. It's not any fault of Zendaya. It's no probably the directors. Like if it's not even the it's the casting. Like come on, everyone. If Zendaya went to my high school, no way in hell would she be the awkward quirky girl. Well, okay, buddy would be like trying to be friends with her or get her number or like something. Like there's no way. Exactly, but like, it's really, it's powerful. It feels this movie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap this all up in one word. It feels so honest. 
Yes. And that's all I want movies to be. And that's it's I'm- very, yeah, very from the heart and all the emotions are very tangible and you understand everything. And I mean, you know, the fact that this guy's, like you just said, was like acting, acting literally for, for it all, leaving it all out there. And he made it work. You know, good for this, good for Stallone, good for this movie. It's a great movie. It's a classic. Um, Mickey's in it, and he's probably one of my favorite characters of all time. What? Mickey? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The boxing guy. The, the trainer. Yeah, remember he's like, he's like, what are you wearing that sweater for? Well, it brings me good luck, Mick. The only thing that brings is fleas. <laughs> Get the chicken. Chase the chicken. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, training montages have never been training the same after this. Yep. And just like this pure, beautiful underdog story. He... Rocky is such an icon that they have a statue of him in Philadelphia. Yeah, they do. Oh, by the way, uh, apparently there's like this thing where people believe that Rocky was based off of a real life boxer named Chuck Webner, mm-hmm. um, who was this like underdog nobody who fought Ali in like 1975 and ended up going like 15 rounds with him. He lost, but like he went the distance and then well if... so but there was like a lawsuit and stuff anyways i was just bringing that out because i know someone would be like why don't you talk about that and to that i say does it change the fact that the movie's awesome no shut up there you go that's what i have to say to you sir talk, talk what do you want to say about rocky oh it's literally one of my favorite movies probably one of the first movies i actually remember seeing um yeah yeah because my dad has like a box set like of all the rocky movies um and this to me is like it's like humble beginnings because once you know where like it the franchise goes it's so nice to like see like this is where it started and um i think my favorite part of the movie is honestly just like the relationship between uh rocky adrian and kind of like the the whole poly dynamic because <clears throat> Polly's kind of an asshole. Um, kind they kind of make him. They they make him less of an asshole as the movies go on, though. Kind of. He throws her chicken. Her, he throws her turkey out the window, and like literally, dude. He's borderline you do abusive. That? I think I think abusive is accurate, but um, but but. They make him less of an asshole as the movies go on because it gets, you know, he's like, he's real dick levels in this. But like, as movies go on, he's a little better. See, I don't have the other movies to go off of, so I just like really dislike. You I really dislike Polly. Polly's just like the worst. Dude, no, it's all forgiven when in the fourth movie, um, they go to like Russia to train. Yeah. At one point, he falls in the snow and makes, like, a really funny sound, and then it's all forgiven for me. I was like, it's okay that you were a terrible person in the first movie. And kind of the sound? And kind of the third movie. So I'm pretty sure that's the one where he, like, throws a bottle at, like, the Rocky arcade game, and then he has he gets, like, arrested. But, um... No, yeah, the fourth one, 
he's like walking in the snow and he falls and goes, oh, oh. And then I was like, oh, it's all forgiven. That was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Also, he has a robot. They give him a robot that's make, that brings him things. And the robot's like, happy birthday, Polly. And it like does like a little thing. And it gives him his, his cake. Isn't there like a thing where they like have a relationship, him and the robot? Well, he's like, it's like it's his wife, but they don't say they're having like sex or anything. Oh, okay. But she just like serves him. Next, should I get to my number three? Yeah, please. My number three is Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. This is Zoink, but I should have had it on the list. Spencer, what? Hey, you haven't seen any of the other Rocky movies than Rocky 1. I'm allowed a couple of blind spots. No, no, but you put American Beauty over Lawrence of Arabia. It's my personal favorite movies. I'm not saying Lawrence of Arabia is a bad movie. I'm just saying American Beauty meant more to me. This is an intermission. This is three hours and like a little bit long. It's oh, it's a thick boy. Yeah, it's a thick boy. But it is one of the most captivating stories and pictures of this man's life. T. E. Lawrence, this larger-than-life character, played beautifully by Peter O'Toole. Um, and it's just a masterclass in everything. The cinematography is amazing. It has that beautiful David Lean directed it. It has that beautiful widescreen that you see like the whole scope of the desert and the emptiness. Of everything. And what always got me was like, I don't know if this is just when they filmed, but like there's such a cool gradient between like the perfect blue of the sky and like the perfect sand almost. And it's like it the whole thing feels like just massive. Like you're like, oh my god. It feels like you're swimming in the screen. Exactly. And the the I- iconic cut of the match to blowing that out. And it's really interesting because T. Lawrence, the guy, he'd like T. Lawrence in the movie. He pushes himself to the limit to see how far he'll go. Like he, he's one of those guys that holds the match just to like see how long he can hold on to it until his fingers burn. Hey, just like Nicolas Cage's Spider-Man noir thing in uh, he. In his- yeah, like that. But he's just doing that because he wants to push the limits of his body. He, yeah. He's he wants to be great. He wants to be a great man. Mm-hmm. But then people start telling him that he is one. Mm-hmm. And then it's the downfall of the of the power and the sickness that he gets from that power. Yes. And there's a Um, the guy that plays, I'm going to talk while you, could you look up who plays, um, oh, it might be like Omar Sharif. I think I might be right. Double check. We'll keep talking. I'll look it up anyway. Yeah, double check. Omar Sharif, the, um, guy that plays this beautiful shot when it's like way far off and there's this guy riding towards the well. That's one of the most beautiful shots of all time. Um, and the whole like the whole thing of Lawrence having so much respect for the um, 
for the Arabic culture, but also like having so much criticism for them at the beginning and then kind of becoming at a certain point worse. Like he, and you're with him that whole time. The brutality that can come out when you're, when you're faced with such scary odds, with such, such huge end to be this great man Lawrence is faced with. And the casting is brilliant. Um, of Hero Duel. The directing is brilliant by David Lean, who also did Bridge on the River Kwai, another great movie, also won Best Picture. Um, 1962 it came out, and it looks like if you haven't, it looks better today. Yeah. Um, I have your answer, by the way. So you're right. It's Omar Sharif, and he plays Sharif Ali. Sharif Ali. One of the great supporting performances as well. Yeah, agreed. And just the journey that you go on with this this guy. (laughs) It's something that you can't get out of a two-hour movie, 90-minute movie. No, yeah. It's almost four hours. You have to go the length. You have to go the distance, as Rocky would say. Yeah. To really get yeah. all that you, all that you truly do, and I love this. Oh yeah, it's it's no, it's bloody fantastic. I didn't watch it till like last year. I watched it two years because ago, and then... I I I looked at it like the the length of it as a kid and went nope, and just never watched it. And then like last year, I was like, you have to watch it. I was like, I don't want to watch it. And they're like, but you have to. And then, like, Carl was like, you have to, or I will eat your nose. Well, he didn't say that. But he was talking about how much he liked it. And I was like, fine, I'll watch it. Oh, shit. No, it's really good. Okay. (laughs) Don't Don't be put off by the length. It looks like four hours, but it only feels like three. You sit down. What I did the first time I watched it was a great experience. I watched it on my big screen. I watched it till intermission, and I was like, it's too late to go through the rest. I'm going to go to bed. So I went to bed, mm-hmm. woke up, and, like, had a cup of joe, sat down, watched the rest, and it was great. Like, it was great to have that, like, that kind of break to it. Rest. That kind of rest to it. Yeah. It really made it feel like a whole journey. And yeah. Yeah. However you watch it, watch it. That's what I'm going to say right now. It's time for number two. For number two, what's your number two? Can you wait? Guess what my number two is. Like, do you have a guess? Not really. Just try. Parasite. No. Oh. I don't know. You love that film, and you know that. Yeah. You're so angry at me when I didn't have it on my <laughs> best foreign films list. Yes, I was, but um, I had to put this in number two. I had to. I had no choice. What is it? Schindler's List. That's a zoink. <laughs> it's like number seven. Seven? 
And you put Million Dollar Baby at number six? Yeah. Okay. It's your list. I won't say anything. Um, my number two is Shinner's List because I think it's probably one of the most important films um, ever made. And it's an interesting, it's at an interesting place in Stevie Boy's career, you know? Because mm-hmm. you make Jaws and then you make Indiana Jones and you make E.T. And everyone sees you as the blockbuster guy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what do you do to make them take you seriously? And also, you know, he got a lot of slack, I think, for making Indiana Jones 2 PG because of, like, the, the amount of violence in it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, after that, he tried to make movies... Um, where violence was portrayed in a more like kind of unfortunate matter, yeah, as a as a more kind of unfortunate matter, and um, we got the color purple, and we got Schindler's List. Um, now I was like, which one should I pick out of the like between the two? Because the, I do like both. Did the color? Oh wait, no, wait. no, it did. It never mind. It didn't go on. Never mind. I actually. I I, Maybe it did? No. Did I haven't it? seen The Color Purple. Oh. Well, you should watch that. <laughs> we, yeah, it would be a fun, like, we should both just watch it's... and just, like, have fun. <laughs> it's not actually, like, as bad as, you, as you're thinking. Like, it's not as, like, depressing. Okay. Roxanne read the book, and she told me, like, mm-hmm. the opening of the book, and I'm like... Oh, no, like, it's uh, definitely... But it's Spielberg's The Color Purple. So, like, as much as there is what the part of my French, as much as there's, oh, my God, there's also, like, moments of, A, levity, and it's shot really pretty. And, and, like, it actually has, like, a touching ending that, like, it's not, like, a bad, like, it's actually, like, a touching ending that makes you hug your family. And Oprah's in it. And Oprah's in it! So is Whoopi Goldberg and all these other people. Mm-hmm. And Danny Glover. Although his character does some interesting things. Anyways. Anyway. Um, let's talk anyway. about Schindler. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Oscar Schindler uh, tries to save you no know, Jewish employees after realizing that the Holocaust ain't it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> And it's, like, it's one of my favorite character arcs. Because, like, when the movie starts, he's all just, like, what of it? Like, he's just, like, you know, because he's, it's so removed. Mm -hmm. He's so removed from, like, the realities and casualties of, like, what's actually going on. Um, And then he, like, actually makes a difference. So it's, like, kind of his progression. And then you also have uh, Ben Kingsley, who's also really good in the movie. And you know who I forgot was in this movie? Ralph Fiennes. Isn't it Ray? No, it's not. Isn't it Ray Fiennes? It's Ralph Fiennes. It's spelled, Do you want me to look it up? It's spelled Ralph Fiennes, but you pronounce it Ray Fiennes. What? I'm pretty sure you do. What the? No, why? I don't know. Why? 
Dude, I've been saying Ralph Fiennes for literally 20 years. What the hell? Yeah, Ray Fiennes. Um. No! Or Rafe. Or something like that. Is it actually? Ray or Rafe or something. Sorry, I just blew your mind. So... Have you not watched any videos where they're, like, talking about Ray Fiennes? Or, like... I feel like that's... An... What, you don't watch videos where they talk about Ray Fiennes? Is there that many? I don't know. They're just, like... Whatever. Let's just keep going. Um, Dude, that's really embarrassing. Oh, my God. I feel so useless. Um. Anyways, um, I won't... I, I'm saying I'm not going to spoil too much of it, but, like, it's, it's the Holocaust. You kind of know, well, you know? <laughs> the end line when he's like, I should have gotten more. Yeah. That was that's very powerful. I'm... No, yeah, it's it's very powerful. It's, the cinematography is like crazy amazing in it. Um, everyone always talks about you know like the the, the color red and all that, but um, excluded the black and white and just using the color red alone. Like even just how it's shot is like it. I would say it's beautiful, but it's it's kind of at times beautiful because then you're also like seeing like these really horrible injustices being committed and that's not it's shot well but it's not like beautiful mm-hmm. you know it's i'm not going oh look at i'm more like oh my god oh my god yeah uh it's 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 one of those movies that you especially like people like us who were like born at a certain period and don't really have like a a personal experience with the Holocaust. It's just something that was taught to us. It puts like visuals to what you were hearing and like really makes you think, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those ones where you're like, Oh my God, like that's what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, I'm not, it's definitely a hard watch. Um, and it's pretty long too, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just think it's a, it's really important and B I really enjoyed it. Not maybe in a sense that you enjoy like a Marvel movie, but I enjoyed it for different reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you have anything to say on it? I mean, maybe I should go rewatch it. Like, I've heard a lot of people talk about it, and I'm like, I didn't really. I felt like maybe it should have more focused on the people who actually were in the camps, like how Life is Beautiful does. Like, how it focuses on the people that were killed and not the person who was like, oh, uh, I saved a few. And also focuses a lot on the soldier, Ray Fine's character. But Yes, I have, I have a theory. What's your theory? A game. I think they did that on purpose because we often just, like, completely vilify Nazis, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because of what happened, you know, it's like, oh, my God. So we literally, like, Nazis is synonymous with evil now. And I think what it's trying to show is, like, the human capacity is at any form is, like, capable of change. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure that's what it's, it's like, trying to articulate. So I understand why they do Yeah. Yeah. It's that whole, like... Yeah. I'm, def- I'm definitely going to rewatch it. And I want to watch, actually... Um, speaking of the Holocaust, I want to watch The Trial of Nuremberg. 
the judgment at Nuremberg. Yes. Yes. Apparently. Like um, one sec. I'm going to recommend a movie, but I the name just slipped me. Keep talking. I'm going to look it up because it's also to do with the Holocaust, but um, it's it, it was like... Anyways, keep talking. I'll look it up for I'm you. I'm just going to dramatically try and set up my number two, but I think you might say check um, because it is like whenever you talk to somebody, whenever you talk to like a random person on the street and you ask like, what's the best movie of all time? They'll usually give you about three, maybe four movies. Um, like the average person, not a cinephile, not a person like us who, who delves deep into the films. More person who's in, in it for entertainment value and into the, the popular media culture and knows what's, what's, what's good and bad. They probably would say like yeah. Shawshank Redemption, one of the best movies of all time. Maybe if they're a little bit more, know a little bit about film history or they're a little bit older, maybe they'll say Citizen Kane. Um, if they're like a straight up dude, maybe they'll say Die Hard. But if mm-hmm. they're just like a, a an older person just drinking wine, it's quite possibly that they'll say The Godfather. Which is a check. There you go. So we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but the movie I was going to recommend is called Come and See. Oh, the Russian film. Yeah, and it's quite frankly one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen in my life. Oh my gosh. Um, and you That's coming from me. Okay? Like, I watch disturbing movies like they're freaking Skittles. I pop them and I feel nothing. And this one, I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, this took a turn. It's It's not like disturbing in like a horror movie sense it's more like a like you're just kind of shocked that this is things that other humans did to other humans Mm -hmm. and it's very upsetting but it's a very good movie so Mm -hmm. yeah okay should we get to number one number one I don't know the French words. The Ratatouille song. Remember the Ratatouille song? I don't know. They don't want to hear that song, Spencer. Oh, wait. You're not recording. I'm recording. I'm recording now. Perfect. Number one. Number one. Do your shoulders like this. Ooh, ooh. Do your shoulders like that. Hey, hey. Do your shoulders like that. Ooh, 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 ooh. All right. Spencer, give them, give them, give them that number one. Give them that. Tell them what they already know, Spence. They already know what my number one is because he spoiled it. Hey. Okay, so my number one. (sighs) Sorry, that was a belch. Excuse me. My number one. Is obviously the Godfather. Uh, that's my number two. So this means that my number one is a zoink for you. Yes. But let's talk about Godfather. Okay, I'm so curious to see what your number. It's probably gonna be a movie I like, and then I'm gonna like get upset that I didn't put this down. No, I'm not sure. But. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so The Godfather is literally the, the, it's the legitimization of, like, the gangster film genre. Yeah. Before that point, it was seen as, like, B-movies, popcorn flicks, no one really cared, didn't take them seriously. Like I said, Scarface, you know? Scarface, 1933. Hilarious movie. Did you say that? Oh, maybe I didn't. Anyway, Scarface, the original that came out in 1933, it's a hilarious movie. There's a scene where the dude, he friggin' has like, what do they call the, the, I'm not good with guns, the ones with the Tommy gun. Yeah, it's a Tommy Tommy gun. gun. And he's like literally saying like the most cliche gangster shit. Like he's just like, I'm gonna paint my name across the town in big lights. He goes like, move out of the way, Johnny, I'm gonna spit. And just like starts shooting at a wall randomly. And you're like, what the hell am I watching? And it's hilarious, but it's not good, but it's hilarious. Um, So that's great. And then The Godfather comes up and it's like, yeah, what if we made that a film? Like an actual character study about morality and the dichotomy between like good and evil. And it's like, whoa, this is a movie. Mm-hmm. And it spawned, Pretty much every every crime movie after this has somehow been influenced by this movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it deserves it deserves its props. Just a like fall to darkness of the Michael Cor- Corleone, yeah, played beautifully by Al Pacino, who Al Pacino was kind of angry <clears throat> that you know first movie Marlon Brando wins the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Second movie, Robert De Niro won the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Al Pacino don't get none. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, he's actually really good in it, but he, he is honestly. Sometimes I like this performance a little bit better than Marlon Brando's. Mm, I don't know if I don't know if I'd say that, but he's in the movie more than Marlon Brando. Though. Yeah, but like Marlon Brando's just like he's doing a great job, but like. His character doesn't really change all that well, much. But that's not the actor's fault. That's whoever wrote it. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't have to do as much. No, most of the movie has the same demeanor. Mm-hmm. Mm, I think it was the transformation too, like the physical appearance of him that got him the Oscar, probably. But no, Pacino has to like go from soldier guy who didn't want to get involved in any of this to, like, the dark side by the end of the movie. So he has the most amount of, like, character progression. And I guess, therefore, it requires more range, is what I'm trying to say. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, the dawn is more, like, one note. You know, it's more like this is... Who come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding? And you, you know, it's like that, the whole movie. The whole entire movie mm-hmm. is like that. Um, until, uh, well, it gets a little sick. Gets a little sick in the orchard. And has a tone. Um, this movie has so many iconic scenes. Has so many iconic, like, Marlon Brando's performance, Al Pacino's performance, Sonny. Mm-hmm. It, this ain't like the army. You have to come up right here and bada boom all, your, all over your Ivy League suit or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> James Caan. Mm-hmm. Another great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert they, Duvall. Robert Duvall, yep. As the adopted lawyer of the family. Mm-hmm. 
another fantastic performance. Yeah, um, they have a scene that scared me as a kid in it. I'm pretty sure his wife is played by Diane Keaton, right? She is. She's amazing in the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I forgot how like how interesting of a transformation the character of Michael has. Like when he's in the hospital and he's protecting his father and ways um makes the decision to do what he does. Which really was influenced okay, that tells you though that he has like a thing about like power and respect already. Because really what pushes his decision is the fact that that like cop roughs him up. I guess so, yeah. And then the whole blocking of the whole movie, like the way they block each scene, um, if you don't know what that means, it just means kind of like how they decided characters would move within a scene. Like they always like, it was really cool. When Michael is sitting there or whatever, and they're like, they're arguing. Sorry about that. Cut out before. Back to blocking. Okay. So the blocking of the scenes are really cool because whatever, like there's a, I think there's a scene in particular where, like, Robert Duvall's character, who I can't remember the name of, is there, and, like, Sonny's there, and Michael's there, right? And, like, they're arguing about what to do, and, like, they're kind of, like, dismissing Michael. So, like, he'll be, like, sitting, and then, like, when he, as he, like, starts getting more power in the conversation, like, the camera will, like, zoom in on him. Like, all of it is blocked to essentially show his progression of power, and then they use lighting to, like, show his degression of more morality the more morally corrupt he becomes the darker the lighting gets around him um and like his face is covered in more shadow yeah so it's like it's really it's it's, it's brilliante brilliante it's really such a deep film they just sit and like they don't they don't all right say too much they're not like, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm doing. It's more just implied. Which is beautiful. Like, it's really... It really leaves you that space to really be like, what are they feeling? What are their, motive, what are their motives? Like, what... Um, why do they do what they do? And it really leaves you wanting to study the film and really wanting, leaving you wanting to revisit it over and over and over again and it's technically brilliant it's visually brilliant and it's some of the best psychology in a movie you can you can ask for and performances are deep and there's a lot of bloody violence in it too so, yeah. oh yeah no it's bad. the scene that scared um, me as a kid was the scene in the restaurant where he yeah. like shoots the guy in, in the throat the cop like, and he like gets the other guy in the head and the part where he gets the, the dude in the glasses that part scared me too what about the horse head that didn't get me horse head in the bed's a scary scene iconic scene as well iconic yeah and then there's like all this different stuff they forget about like you, you this unlike a lot of longer films where, like, not much happens, and it's more just, like, character. A lot happens in this film. Mm-hmm. So much happens. And you're just like, what, what, what's happening now? What? And you just cut to a scene, and all of a sudden, like, this crazy thing happens. 
Yeah. The uh, the baptism montage is a good example of that. Baptism montage is like two things happening at once. Yeah. Beautiful. Um. And what else? Oh, when they and there's like some interesting politics in it too. When they when Michael goes to Nevada, and like totally, it's just like yeah, we're gonna take over this place. Yeah, yeah. And then. Frio comes over to him and you fully see that he's become his father. When he's yeah. like when he's like, Frio, my big brother I love you, but don't ever take sides against family again. Like it's that. Broke my heart, Fredo. That's the second one. Yeah, I know, I know. But it's deep. It's a deep film. It's deep. And I love it. Okay. What's your number one, sir? My number one came out in 1954. It's on the waterfront. I, I could have had class. I could have been a contender. Contender, yes, I knew it. A semo bum, which is what I am. I could. I didn't put this on the list because it's another one that I didn't see till just recently, and I haven't had time to sit with it yet. I didn't see it till when we did it in class. Same. And I watched it, and I was like, "This is what I need in my movies." Yes. Like I, I'm, I love everything about this film. Um, the performances are brilliant. It's like low budget. It's gritty. There's so much emotion in it. There's um, beautiful arc of Marlon Brando's character. Marlon Brando gives the, one of the best performances of all time. We really like Marlon Brando on this episode, huh? We do. Yeah. <laughs> he's a favorite of the of the account. Yes. Um, what can you say? But when he's like somebody close to him does something to him. And there's this this one little part where he's just like where he's just like oh he goes like that. And it literally feels like the most honest response to to anything. Like he's, it feels so honest. It feels so real. Everything about this film is amazing. The guy that plays the priest, when he's making that speech about, um, it's not this right here, killing this man. In the bottom of the, and he's like at the bottom of this hole, and he's looking up at all these workers of the um of the longshoremen, um, and he's like, "This is a crucifixion." Oh my gosh! Like my that God. performance, and he gets like a can thrown at him, and it he like starts bleeding. Yeah, and that it, I looked everywhere. To figure out whether that was actually planned or not, because it, it felt so natural, like he was just like it just hit him. He like tried not to react to it, and then he looked at it, and he just kept going with his speech because he had this power, this anger inside of him. The um, woman that plays um, Marlon Brando's love interest is also incredible. This is a film directed by a director's, um, an actor's director. 
Ilya Kazan. And I know Ilya Kazan was like, he had some trouble because he was like part of the, um, part of the communist movement in the, mm-hmm. in the States. He was part of the communist party of the, of the United States. Yeah. And then he left the communist party and basically told on all of them. Yeah. He's and a like, rat. He's a rat. So they kind of have a, have a grudge against him, but him as a actor's director, he comes from theater. He comes from honesty. He comes from the uh, origins the first beginnings of the method of the method acting, which is the um, method. I forget the name of the guy, but Stanislavski might be yeah. the Stanislavski method yeah. of acting where it's um, take everything from honesty, take what experience have you had in your life and bring it to that role. You're not acting, you're molding yourself into the character. And I know it's like, oh, method, oh, all that nowadays. But this is a true technique that has born some of the most amazing acting in the world. It's born, it, it's birthed James Dean. It's birthed Marlon Brando. It's birthed um, Robert De Niro. It's birthed the great actors of our generation. And what I have to say is this movie is everything you want a movie to be. It has that guy from... Um, 12 Angry Men, who plays like the one that's yeah. right, up, yeah. right up Henry Fonda. Yeah. I forget his name as well. I only know Marlon Brando on this, but he's an amazing actor as well. He does a great job as the villain. I'm running out of breath. You so, have just completely gushed about this thing. I've only it, seen one. There's a gush on the screen. Ugh. Look How do you feel about On the Water? Oh, look at the gush. Yeah. How do you feel about on the waterfront? Oh, dude, I, I really like it. It's I didn't even hear about it until class this year. And then I saw it on the list, and it, I just watched it just randomly because we have to watch a movie. <laughs> so I was like, sure. And then I put it on, and I was like, oh, this is actually, like, really good. Oh, oh, this is awesome. Oh, this is great. No, yeah, um, I... It, I've heard, I heard the line, like, I could have been a contender, but I didn't know it was from. And mm-hmm. then, like, I watched the movie, and I was, like, thoroughly impressed. Like I said, it's one of those ones that I want to watch again before I, like, start deciding where I rank it against other films. Because I've only seen it the one time, and it's, like, fairly recently. So I'm going to try and, like, give it another watch before I, like, start comparing it. But I really enjoyed it the first time. Same. I only watched it once. Yeah. But, like... Well, yeah, that's why I was like, holy crap. I liked it enough that... Damn, you liked it so much that he shot it to the top of the list. I shot it to the top of the list, my dude. Um, It's a great film. It is. And you don't see films like this nowadays, where it's just, like, small about, like, a corrupt union of Lon Chorman. Like, yeah. what kind of... What kind of weird film is this? It's very... It's just... It sounds like a niche thing. Mm-hmm. But... As a lot of people say, the most niche, the most, the smallest stories bring out the most honesty. And it, the most niche stories are often the most relatable. Yeah, because you realize that we're all not so different. We're all bumming around this rock together. No matter you know, what type of what walk of life you come from, we all have similar experiences because at the end of the day, we're all people. Yeah. Um, I love this one.
I concur. It's very good. And I'm I'm not angry with your list. I accept your list. It's a good list. It's better than mine. I'm taking off the glasses. You get you get the glasses off. I'm gonna look into the the uh, windows to your soul and congratulate you for winning the list competition. There's no list competition. I'm sh- this is me shaking your hand, by the way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there we go. Well, it's not easy to win one. It's pretty easy to win one. One of us has American Beauty on the list. <laughs> Leave Over it alone. Florence of Arabia. Leave it alone. I like it. I like the movie. It's not a crime to enjoy American Beauty. What was your number four pick again? What? What was your number four pick again? The Departed. Yeah, yeah. That that one's... But, okay. Let's run down our list again. Five, Rocky. Four, Sons of the Lambs. Three, Lawrence of Arabia. Two, The Godfather. And one, On the Waterfront. What's your number? What's your five? Run it down. Yeah, so my much more controversial list. Um, American Beauty, five, The Departed, four... Rocky 3, Schindler's List 2, and The Godfather 1. Those aren't the sequels, by the way. I'm not saying Schindler's List 2. I just mean, like, it's second on the list. Don't make a sequel to Schindler's Dude, List. I can I convinced my friend that there's a Schindler's List coloring book once. What? I was like, oh, I was looking through my, like, closet of stuff from a kid. Forgot about my Schindler's List coloring book. And he's like, what? <laughs> I was like, you didn't have one of those things? They sold like hotcakes, dude. And he's like, wait, but you were born after Schindler's List. So, like, someone, like, the Schindler List coloring book boom, like, started after the movie came out? I'm like, yeah, you weren't there for that? Um, but yeah. Right, do an outro. Let's do an outro. All righty. That has been another episode of Babylon with the boys. I'm Carster Vey. Yes, you are. Um, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging my presence. And uh, I'm trying to watch every film that I can find from 2020 because I know we got top five list of 2020. Mm-hmm. So. I'm searching the searching the I'm digging through the trash to find some to find some treasure. Dude, I can't find a freaking single thing. Um oh, you know what? Invisible Man is pretty good, right? <laughs> I haven't seen that. I need to watch that now. Oh, oh wait, no wait, never mind. I was and, and New Mutants. Oh yeah. I'm sure that will be actually I don't know how that is. I haven't even heard a Yeah, I haven't heard a peep. I kind of want to watch The Hunt. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I want to watch... I haven't heard anything about. Palm Springs. Mm-hmm, yeah. Sound of Metal is supposed to come out on Amazon. Is it going to be released December? I think so. Hot. So I heard that's pretty good. And, of course, I might need to dive in and try and find... Try and find... Uh, Wonder Woman somewhere. I will. I'll get. I'll watch it. Well, yeah, you have HBO Max. I do. Yes, I do. All right. Well, have you told them your name yet? 
Oh, I'm Spencer Chef. Spencer Fleming, Spicy Fleming. You know what I'll be doing? Watching HBO Max, because I have it. That's right. Anyone else see that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion? Oh, we didn't. Rada! Um. All right. That has been another episode. So, hope you liked it. Um. Look forward to some good stuff coming up soon. Stay on the YouTube. Stay on the Facebook. Stay on the Insta. And we'll be yeah. right Some babbling with the boys. But until then, stay spicy. That dramatic pause. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I may have just gotten aroused from that pause. That was amazing. <laughs> I was practicing. That was Obama levels of pausing. Um, that was an American. Uh, we have a responsibility. I love the pregnant pause. Keep doing what you're doing. The pregnant pause? Yeah, the pregnant pause. All right. Stay spicy. Stay spicy.